Hi guys, welcome to the Fife Property Show. So today, we're going to talk about behind the scenes. What happens? It's all very well. Everybody thinks it's like the proverbial duck on the water. But the reality is, underneath, we're going like that all the time. So, on the show today, we'll have Richard Cook. Hi Richard, how are you? Morning Jim, great this morning, how are you? Absolutely fantastic. And we've got... And Marie. Hi, morning, guys. Morning, morning, everyone. I'm fine. <laughs> Perfect. Bright and breezy. You sound it anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Raring to go. <laughs> Fantastic. And we'll see a couple of good morning. Good morning, Joanna. How are you? Morning, um, okay, guys. Let's get right into this. Behind the scenes. Now, I did a, I did a wee open-hearted vlog yesterday. <laughs> Basically That's saying, yeah. I'm exhausted. <laughs> I'm completely exhausted. But when you need to turn it on, you need to turn it on. That's the reality. And I tell you most of the time, guys, it's like you make sure you just work beyond, you know, underneath your full, full blown out all the time. And yeah. then when you need it, just pop up and give it your all and then come back down to that level of excitement. I need yeah. to take some of my own advice, by the way. <laughs> you do. <laughs> Definitely. Because starting at 4.30 in the morning, a couple of mornings this week, and then going to my bed at 12.30 at night, it doesn't it catches up on you? I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, so today's subject then. Uh, morning, Mark. How are you? Uh, thanks for watching. Okay. Mm -hmm. Behind the scenes, I mean, what does an estate agent actually do for their money? Well, let's be honest. I mean, I often look at other ones, you know, and say, and, and and I know what goes on behind the scenes, but I often look at other estate agents as well and think, well, what do they actually do for their money? And my throwaway comment sometimes is, well, to some customers, if you're not going with us, you've been as well going on my doorsteps at £99. Because the reality is that's all you're getting from everybody else. But is that factually true? I could only speak for ourselves. So put it on the internet and wait for the phone to ring. That's perhaps how many people see an estate agent's life. And there is undoubtedly some mystery around precisely what agents do beyond putting a property in the market and actually showing people around. Some actually don't show them around at all. They send them to the customer or they pay someone else to go and do it. Well, a big part of the day is being out in the neighbourhood and looking at homes. There's plenty more work than might not, so might not be so obvious. But like a swan gliding majestically across the lake, thank you, I'll take that, <laughs> there's more to that than might be the case. So um, it's a lot of action under the surface that keeps things running as smoothly as possible. And this is what we're going to talk about today. To shine a light on all that happens, you're invited, as I said, to come along and ask questions as well. A fly-in-the-wall experience of what actually happens. We should actually do a documentary on this. You know, like these, we get these camera crews that follow us about. What that would be. That would be a big eye opener. Interesting. I'd maybe have to I'd maybe have to quail it down a bit sometimes. <laughs> but by the time you read this, um, Barb, you know, we've got this article on here anyway, and it talks in if you want to read it, and you can listen to it on the podcast after this as well. And then say the information and prime to choose with confidence a stage. And basically it's it's to give you an idea about what everybody does, so you know who you should be talking to. You know the questions you should be asking if you're a state agent as well when you've got them in front of you. After all, at the end of the day, when you get several estate agents round, it's an interview process. And you're interviewing somebody for the ideal job. So you should know what questions to really ask them and what they do and what results they get as well. But in the meanwhile, let's dive into a typical day of getting the neighbourhood 
moved about. So the first one I want to talk about, and we've seen behind the scenes there, first one I want to talk about is matchmaking. As well as looking at buyer's motivation, matchmaking also means ensuring that anyone coming to view your home is actually able to buy it. Yeah. And when somebody sends in a viewer request in the home who they've seen on the internet, they usually don't end up buying it. Sales often come from listening to the hopes and desires for buyers and learning what lies in the heart of their move. Very often people start looking for one thing and end up choosing something completely different. Is that your experience, Richard? Yeah, you see that a lot. I mean, even in my own experience, I mean, everybody in their own head has an idea of what their ideal home is or what their next move is going to be. Yeah. Um, and and Marie, you'll speak to a lot of clients coming through and this is what they're looking for. And yeah. once you start to obviously assist them and look in and, and showing them around places, you, you begin to establish that maybe this isn't exactly what you needed or that they, they accept the fact that they're never going to find exactly what they need and they're going to have to find something that maybe they're going to have to compromise on. You see it on all these shows on, uh, on the telly and things as well. Yeah. You, you're never going to find that ideal thing. You need to compromise or then and then implement it to change something into what you want it to be yeah yeah that's right a lot of people they they start looking at one thing and then they realize they're actually now looking at what they don't want yeah you know so it's like a process of elimination before they actually get to their ideal you know so that that happens a lot they don't know what they're looking for in the beginning so we need to listen to what they're saying and help them yeah from a buyer and a, and a seller's aspect, you need yes. to listen to what they want and, and help them get to where they want to be. Definitely. Absolutely, yeah. It's often the case that you see, you, you know, somebody comes along, because I find that as well. They come along and then then it's like, you think you've got the perfect property and you say, let's go in, let's have a look. And then they go, I don't like that, I don't like that, I don't like that, I don't like that. And you kind of think to yourself, okay, I'll take a note of that and then I'll put that in your notes. And then we'll talk about it. And then the next minute, the phone about exactly the same thing on another property. <laughs> yeah. like, wait a minute. You yeah. said you didn't want that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's made the difference here? And, yeah. it's, and it's trying to hone in on that and actually get that out of a buyer. Exactly what's going to tick their boxes to get all their ducks in a row, to get them over the line and yeah. get them to actually buy something. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Is that exactly. your experience, Anne-Marie? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean... You know, there's um, there's people that I take out, and sometimes it's the same people, and I've taken that same couple, say for example, to sort of maybe five or six different properties, and in the end, what they end up buying was what they first saw in the beginning. You know? Oh my goodness, that's like shopping. <laughs> <laughs> with everything they didn't want, and that's what they've actually fallen in love with. You know? So sometimes you just have to go with it, and um, you know. <laughs> It's um yeah, it's a funny one. You you, um, you need to yeah. constantly be on 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 point, listening and um yeah, and try not to be too um try not to sort of put them off too much or you know if they if they're saying anything negative, just let them let them say what they need you know because try they not to be, try not to be too judgmental. You know yeah. that's the difficulty because we're often wear it's like everybody wears everybody sees the same situation, but we all wear different glasses. If that makes yes. sense. Yeah. You know, yes, and we absolutely. see it all in different ways. So it's understanding the person's needs in order to deliver the result they want. That's yeah. ultimately what we are trying to achieve when we're in the yeah. matchmaking process. Yeah. 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 Sometimes I think as well, it's good to try and put yourself, try and get into their mindset as well. Because sometimes you could even, they could give you all these requirements and you could find a property that's got, that ticks all the boxes 
and they walk in and they're like, "Then I feel it. It's not for me." Yeah. So it's getting it's getting onto their level about where they want to be and and how they're going to feel about a, a, a certain type of property as well. And getting yeah. to know a person, like you say, it's all listening is key. And Marine, you're right about yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, typical moving stories include uh, simplifying a commute, needing more space, uh, wanting to downsize, changing schools for um, for or work, uh, changing for schools or work, uh, finding a permanent solution to working from home, or having somewhere uh, to secure to park a prized new car. I mean, I have that. I'm yeah. still waiting, and and the person I'm thinking of has actually waited three years because they still don't have the perfect garage for their cars and this guy's are this i've seen his cars and it's like <laughs> wow i've yeah. never been a guy that actually goes oh that car i love that ferraris and all the rest of it but i tell you what i've seen his cars and it's you know we're talking about ford one uh, ford ford mark ones mark ones wow. you know yeah. all the cosworths and stuff like that and, and they're absolutely completely restored to mint condition Worth a lot it's of money. Just like I could just uh, yeah. I could just sit here forever. And he actually admitted to me, he says, I often get my tea and I actually sit in my car and have my tea. I don't want to be in the house, I just want to sit in my car and yeah. have my tea. Um, so, <laughs> you know, that's, that's, a, that's a fantastic, uh, you know, these are weave stories. I mean, have you guys got any stories about, you know, people you've had in the past that you could remember? I know I'm putting you on the spot doing this. Uh, I think there's a lot of drivers um, that influence a move, like you say, obviously, whether it's relocating for a job, whether it's to be back near the family, whether it's a, people people doing a first-time buy, whether it's a couple, maybe want to start a family, or just somebody on their own. Um, in terms of off-the-cuff trying to think of an example, well, I, I will use myself. I mean, I didn't need to move house. My house is fine, but I could do with maybe I want off-street parking, better off-street parking, I want a wee bit more living space. So it's like I'm trying to ground myself. Like I don't need to move, but I want to. But so I will eventually. This is becoming yeah. a desire rather than an actual need. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I've had a few people um, with camper vans. So as much as the house was ideal, perfect, there wasn't any room for the camper van and the car. Yeah. So they've had to keep, you know, keep keep looking. And it's a shame, really, but they need space for their camper van. That's part of their their life. Yeah, so, and that's that's a lot of things that will tick a box. So hence the reason why when we do pre-portal launches and we do live property viewings, instead of actually just doing video, we actually do talk. Yeah. So we talk and engage with the audience at the same time. But that is deliberately designed to appeal to the people that would otherwise be missed by a video. Yeah. You know, because everybody thinks video is the be-all and end-all, but there's certain degrees and levels of videos that respond to certain audiences over different platforms <laughs> in different markets. Yeah, so, interaction is key. And that's the key for everything. I mean, I've, I've exactly you've exactly hit the nail on the head here, Richard, but not everybody needs to move. Some of them simply want to move. Mm -hmm. One might like the idea of a new renovation project. Another might be looking for a change in scenery. Uh, someone else might be find themselves with a sudden chance to move up the property ladder due to a pay rise, a promotion or inheritance. I mean, what's our advice for that? You know, do we just go with that? I mean, I'm often compelled when I sit in front of some people to say, I wouldn't be doing it. Uh, and here's the reason I wouldn't be doing it, because because of these things. And and for me, from my point of view, I look I look back to where I was and when I was younger, and I felt at that point in time, if somebody had said that to me, I would have, I would have been a bit offended, 
but also I would have thought about it and it might have made me it might have made me think about it or make different decisions in my journey for my house buying process um, and it might have benefited me um, later on as a result of that if that makes sense yeah and inheritance is uh, something that we see quite a lot uh, and I think people's first instinct is oh I'm going to buy a bigger house and, and it's maybe not always the answer I mean there's a lot of things you could do with money rather than buying a big fancy house that maybe you're still going to have a mortgage on and when really you could clear the mortgage you've got maybe and then have have money to invest or do you know what i mean do a lot more with it um so yeah i mean it's, it's not always the right thing to to necessarily move um, yeah and, and inheritance is one of the ones that we see that with um mm -hmm. i mean Amory, you've got a good move story i mean you you come up for down south yeah yeah from from london to luton to Scotland, <laughs> further, further and further up. Um, but yeah, I mean, we we just decided um, we, we we just want a change of scenery. Um, we, we were familiar with Scotland. We've got friends in Scotland, friends in Wales. These are two places that we, you know, just went on long weekend breaks and you know things. And and then one day we just thought, let's just we really like Scotland in particular, actually. So um, and we, we've got friends here. So yeah, we just sold up and um, moved up to Scotland. We just took the plunge and we've never regretted it. It's coming up to nearly three years now and yeah. um, never looked back. I mean, the thing is we had a whole social scene in London and, and everything and, and it was great. You know, we had a, a hell of a, a great time, but we're actually quite happy now just sort of like be chilled. If we need to go back down to London, we will. Then we come back home. We love it up here, actually. What a lifestyle move. Yeah, different lifestyle, you know. Yeah, um, don't regret it at all. And we just wanted to, we didn't need to. Dare yeah. I say to Jan Marie, welcome to God's country. And the great thing is, you can, you're exactly right. You can go anywhere in the world if you yeah. really want to, and then you can come back. It's yeah. like, you know, for people, it's like, oh, Las Vegas. It's like, well, I'll go to Las Vegas for two weeks and I'll come back to Scotland. Yeah. Job done. Yeah. And, it, exactly. and it's like, probably a classic example is like cars as well. It's like, oh, I love a, I would love a Lamborghini. All right, okay, I'll hire it for two weeks and then I'll hand it back. I'll save myself yeah. a fortune. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the depreciation I would get for it took exactly. out, took, took, took out the garage, and then decided I didn't really want it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So as well as looking motivation matchmaking, it also means ensuring that anyone coming to view your home is actually able to buy it. That's one of the important processes in the matchmaking process. Uh, do they have a mortgage agreed in principle? Are they a cash buyer? Uh, are they a cash buyer? Often people say they're cash buyers, but we have to probe a bit more yeah. because they're cash buyers only because they've got a mortgage in place. That is not a cash buyer. Cash yeah. buyer, you've got the money in the bank. Yeah. You're ready to go. Yeah. You're probably in rent and accommodation. Cash and mortgage, we define as well. So cash buyer and mortgage, deposit and mortgage, or mortgage only, maybe a 95, which will be announced this, uh, this coming week, next week. In the budget, that'll be 95% mortgages the government's probably going to guarantee. Yeah. That's on the horizon. So these are all things we all have to sift through in the beginning when a buyer inquires in order to make sure the process um, we're sending round to someone's house, uh, they're in a position to actually proceed, especially now with the Scottish government's guidelines and the fact yeah. that you really have to be in a position to proceed to do anything. Yeah. So is there anything else that might affect the ability, to, to the ability to, for somebody to move? You know, that's another thing that we'll, we'll probe as well. You know, will it affect, um, will there be anything else that will affect their ability to move? And fact, these factors are all essential when pairing people with property, uh, meaning more relevant viewers for buyers, um, viewings for buyers, and fewer wasted ones for our vendors or our sellers. 
That's it. I mean, I, I always say to everybody, it's more quality than quantity. I mean, you know, when people go, oh, so-and-so said they can get 10 people through my door next week to see my property, oh, that's all very well. But are the 10 people actually going to buy that property? That's really what it comes down to. Yeah. Um, you'll probably find uh, out of these 10, maybe one person might make an effort, and, and that's about it. So it's I would rather have less hassle and better quality and more, more, more uh, of a of a, an advantage at the end for somebody to actually make an offer than actually just have every man their dog through the door. Yeah, you've got to do. A, I mean, these are things about matchmaking as well. You've got to do a house up. We could be here forever. We start talking about this subject. Yeah, you know, it's like then we've got to get the house ready. We've got to get prepared for the viewing and all the rest of that. So that's yeah. why you really want quantity rather than you want quality rather than quantity because yeah. quantity is constantly keeping you on your toes and keeping you stressed, having to keep your house in perfect condition all the time. Yeah, and this brings me nicely onto the subject of one of the things that we love doing is the dream weaving. Yeah. Um, encouraging buyers to look at the home's current layout and towards its actual potential. It's, we can create the excitement of the transformation. That's ultimately what we are doing. We're selling a dream. We're selling a lifestyle. You know, is that, is that your experience? I mean, you take a lot of people around at weekends, don't you, Amiri? Yes. I mean, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't know of any other agent that has their estate agents at work during the week it consistently do the viewings at night and at weekends as well as yeah. work during the week. They usually yeah. send someone else to open a door and say, when any questions asked, they go, I don't know, uh, ask the office on Monday. Yeah. But we don't do that, do we? That's a unique no. thing I think that we do. So what's your experience at weekends? Do you think people are more respondent and more responsive to you because you know more about the property and you know more about them? Yeah, so it's a lot better for... For, for me to do it or for us to do it ourselves instead of just paying someone to open a door um you know at the other weekends I, these are people that you know they can't do viewings during the week because they're at work um only weekends and even so i try to accommodate that because they need to be able to move as well you know i will accommodate that if i can and i find that those sometimes are the are the buyers that i'm not saying the ones in the week aren't serious but the ones that are working during the day and taking time out of their weekend to, you know those are the ones that seem to be more motivated and um, more serious, you know. Um, that's in my experience anyway, you know, but I, I have no problem accommodating that at all because I understand what it's like to, to work during the week and you just, agents just don't do weekends and evenings. I've seen that myself when I moved to Scotland. Me and my husband had to take time off to do a viewing, you know. They just don't do the weekends. But, yeah, um, I have no problem doing that at all. I mean, sometimes, actually, quite often, a property that seems first unsuitable could allow someone to create um, their perfect uh, perfect home. Not everyone gets their ready-made ideal, uh, but um, though through imagination and even a pencil and paper to sketch out an idea, we can actually show how the home actually fits into what they want, yeah. even if it doesn't fit right now. I mean, that is the dream-building bit, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I always... Um, I always see where you could maybe knock a wall down or if it's a, you know, um, if it's a property with a lot of land where you could maybe put an extension on. I know all these things cost money, but sometimes if you've got a, a certain budget, you could maybe go under your budget and use the money you're saving to create your, your, your dream home, putting your own extension on a conservatory even, which isn't as much as a whole, you know, an extension. Yeah. It's still another room, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I, so I, I, that dream, it's letting people see. Richard, what's your thoughts on that? 
sometimes that's probably the, the better the better way forward because i mean like i say um people always have in their head what they want to buy and they have their dream house with all their specifications and things but you never ever find it and sometimes like you say if, if they're getting something that the right price where they've still got money left over they could actually create their dream home rather than finding it ready-made because that is very difficult yeah yeah, yeah. And in my mind what i do is i have a list of people that i know are looking for homes right now this is how i think so when i bring a house on or i go around to see somebody i immediately start thinking oh so and so like this and they'll like this and they'll like this and i know they'll like this so I've got it all pre-planned exactly how I could show this house to someone. And I could probably get somebody around there at the, at the actual time when I'm sitting with the customer and actually do a view in there and then say, this is how it goes. Uh, have we got a deal? And, and the job is done. You know, that's the reality. Sometimes bureaucracy and paperwork get in my road, yeah. uh, in my, what I really want So and, and to achieve. So it's all about building a dream. It's not. I mean, Phil says this really eloquently. So let's look at what Phil says. It's more than just items. There is a feeling an atmosphere, the way the sun hits and the ambience of the property as well. That's the whole thing. That yeah. dream weaving. Totally that's the that. point. People do not buy houses, they buy homes. Yes. yes. And it's our job to present that with things like, you know, it is video and it is professional photographs, but more importantly, it's creative content. It's actually rather than just doing a boring old. This is a three-bedroom house, and it's and it's and it's got a bathroom, it's got a kitchen, it's got and these are the dimensions. We add in key phrases into our descriptions in order to be quite emotive, in order to pull the right person in for that property, in order to get the right result, which is ultimately more than home report value. Yeah. Let's be honest. That's our job. That's why people employ us to get significantly more money than the home report actually says. Because the home report reflects a historical position of yeah. other properties sold. Yeah. Market value, it's what we're after, reflects what it's worth to someone right now. Yeah. And that is called building the dream. And yeah. that's what makes that, that's what gets that ultimate market value. That's how I see it. Um, you know, is that your thoughts yourselves, guys? Yeah, I would definitely agree with that, Jim. And, and people fixate, like you say, on the home report price, but that is obviously, that's the value based on historical prices and, and comparisons, whereas the the actual sale price is the current market value. And I think that's uh, something always to keep in mind. And I think to touch on what you say about, obviously, our videos and the interaction, and I think even so, uh, much more now, obviously, because we depend so much on virtual tours and virtual walk-rounds, I think how we commentate on that and interact and give it that bit and do you know what i mean walking around open cupboards and showing them actually properly around the property gives them a better idea on screen um and obviously displays the property to them at, at that stage before they actually walk around and gives them that feeling and, and maybe creates that emotion before they're actually even through the door yeah yeah absolutely so i mean even talking about that i've done virtual viewings um for lots yeah. of different reasons they, they're too far away or covid or, you know all sorts of reasons but I've done a couple of virtual viewings and we've managed to sell a property just on the back of a virtual tour, you know, yeah. because it's more in depth. You know, you, as you said, you're opening cupboards, you know, you're sort of showing what maybe the photographs in a brochure doesn't really show or, yeah. um, or a video. As lovely as the videos are, we're, we're just making it more personal. You know, they might want to see something again or they may want me to, you know, point out the window. They want to have a look at the view. It's almost like they're there, well, virtual, you know, so. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's, build, so. it's building that trust as well and yeah. between you and the buyer and the fact that there's never a point where I'll sell somebody a house that they don't need or they don't want and purely because I think I could sell them it. That's not what our job is to do. Our yeah. job is to matchmake and build the dream with someone in order to get them to buy the house they really want. We know what they want by what they tell us, but sometimes they don't know what they want themselves until we deliver it to them in the way that they want to hear it. I mean, ultimately, it is about where it is in proximity to the beach, to the golf course, if that's what it, if that's their thing. It's where, it's the lifestyle they'll enjoy as a result. It's the lifestyle, more importantly, their children will enjoy as a result. It's the it's all these things that make up that fundamental difference. I mean, it's also could a house be extended, provide accommodation for family needs and the location that they love. Uh, presenting a home is presenting a home that's significantly below someone's buying power could free them to reconfigure or expand that actual home as well and save money ultimately. You know, so there is an option to do that. And perhaps the loft conversion would be a classic to give them an extra bedroom that they crave from their kids. Perhaps even when we go around to see PC someday, it's like, well, wait a minute, you could probably just extend here. Mm -hmm. You don't need to sell. Yeah. You know, ultimately that's what it is. Um, the large garden might provide space for a family home, a family-sized dining kitchen. I tell you what, though, the one I've got coming on Lindsay Berwick next week. Woo-hoo-hoo! <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm excited about this one. The the garden, the additional land they've got, you could build another house in. You're wow. not going to get to build another house, but they've got planning permission for another extension on top of the, what they've got already. Yeah. And I thought, geez, um, are you... Are you, are you trying to build the Thunderbirds house? Because <laughs> <laughs> this, thing's, this, thing's, this thing's big. This is a beautiful house overlooking the country to the, the countryside to the rear. Anyway, well, let's get on the subject. Another creative, uh, other creative thinking might look at uh, whether a larger living space could be split and to create separate study and a work for home as well. You know, often we, you know, we talked about this week with someone where um, they had the big double bedroom, but they had two windows. And ultimately, you could actually just put a stud partition in the middle and have two bedrooms uh, coming off the hall. So yeah. it's another way to adapt for that extra living space. Um, so that house, which was a lot less in money, could just be a stud partition could be stuck up in that room um, and actually create the extra bedroom that they craved in the first place and saving them a lot of money. So yeah. again, it's that, it's that dream weaving. It's the creative thinking that goes into, into that process in order to do that. Could that wall be removed? Could they have this open plan living that they crave as well? You know, yeah. is, it a, is it a supporting wall? Is it not a supporting wall? Can we get somebody in to talk about that? So we have experts that will discuss that with them. I, I actually referred Liam Anderson yesterday, the architect, to someone, because they were wanting, they were thinking about how they were going to do stuff. And I said, well, perfect. I, I, you know, Liam will be able to help you with that because... I know the ideas, but Liam, Liam's on a different level because that's his job he does day in, day out. So by encouraging buyers to look beyond the home's current layout and towards its future potential as in a stage and it can create the excitement and the possibility of the transformation. And by making the introductions to local architects, contractors, builders, a project that might have felt too large can suddenly make, feel more achievable. I've had that with people down south. They've come up to the East Nuke. They've said, look, I want it. You know, I'm keen on buying this, but I know it needs a lot of work. And to be honest, I don't know anybody up here at all, so it immediately puts them off. Hey, no bother. I've got all the people that can help you. It's yeah. this guy, it's that guy, and I'll give you all the numbers. You can speak to them, and they'll be able to put that all together for you. How can I do that? Because I've used them all before. Yeah. We've used them all before. We know all these people. We trust these people. And it's only the only people I'll ever refer to anyone else as people I can trust to do the job 
to our standards, mm -hmm. and that really comes down to it. 151 reviews giving us a 98% approval rating means our standards are possibly a little bit higher than everyone else, and that's our customers that see that. So let's yeah. get on to the next subject, and we'll have a wee chat about that, mm -hmm. and it is market monitoring. Yeah. Photographs and descriptions are the only the beginning. The agent it might stay on top of the market to ensure your sales strategy stays right in the process. That's really what it comes down to. So market monitoring, photographs are really the thing. Um, if the market rises, it may become apparent that you can achieve significantly more for your property. Um, so what's your thought on market monitoring? What do you do, Richard? I mean, what do you do day to day for market monitoring? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think it's so easy just for any agent to list a property and bust people through the door. Uh, but I think the whole marketing process, and I think there's different marketing strategies that suit different sellers and, and things as well, depending on the property and where it's located. And I think there's there's so much behind the scenes, it's not just pictures, put it, on, put it online and wait for the phone to ring, like it says in the article. It's, there's a lot more behind the scenes. I mean, we, we I mean, from a lettings aspect, we obviously, we have, obviously I spend a lot of time uh, we in a training were asked to write down a list of things that we do from day to day and it was well over a hundred just in, in the listing process of one property uh, and, and just or even just the, the smallest things to the biggest things and i think as well there's there's so many different platforms and methods of getting the property out there whether it be social media um, it's not just obviously the portals now with some pictures um and like i say obviously our interactive tours and and how we guide people through the property and, and things as well. I mean, there's just so much different aspects from it. And I think, Jim, you said that to me for years about this proverbial duck gliding across the water. I mean, and that is, that's a really good um, way to, to describe how we work day to day. I mean, a big part of your job is out there in the in the neighbourhood and interacting with people and that's great. But that during that process, we're obviously listening to people and, and putting in place what we, we think is the right strategy to market their property. It's the market. I mean, it's, it's understanding the market as well and knowing yeah. how to advise people what to do next. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I've ultimately the one that comes up every single time just now about the market monitoring is, is the property market going to crash? Hell yeah. no, no, it is not. And I'll tell you why. 2,800 properties were available for sale in Fife when the credit crunch was going at the peak. We have less than, we have about 600 That's properties available in Fife over, over every single estate agent available for sale. Last year, 12 months ago, when we were in a boom, there was 1,200 properties for sale across Fife. And we've got half of that now. All the websites are indicating as well, Rightmove is up 37% in activity. We're up 54% in activity. So anybody that says the market's going to crash is quite delusional yeah. um, at this point in time. Uh, there's no indicator to suggest that at all. So that's the key importance of being able to advise your customer about whether they should hold, whether they should expect more money, or whether they should actually expect to get lower. And it's understanding those markets and understanding these key statistics in the background that will enable you and enable us to advise customers of the right decisions moving forward. And I say just now in some areas, in Leaven, for example, every single property in Leaven should be going for more than home report value. Yeah. Every single property in Office should be going for more than home, home report value. Every single property in the East Nuke should be going for significantly more than home report value because their market is 120% of what's coming onto the market. So in other words, if 100 properties come on, 120 properties are getting sold. That's the amount of activity on that they're now. For yeah. these new. 
you know, I had hundred percent, and Glen Ross is a hundred percent. St Andrews poor relation now, yeah, sitting yeah. at eight to three percent. So you know, it's not for us though. I'll be honest, and, and I'll say it. I'm quite honest about that, and you know, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying it. And um, the reality is, a hundred percent of the properties we've come on in St Andrews, we've sold a hundred percent of these properties. But right across the board, if you look at the right move statistics for every agent, a hundred percent of the properties have come to the market. Eighty-three percent of the properties have sold. So there's still agents right in St Andrews have got properties in St Andrews that are still sitting there not selling. And mm. I'm scratching my head thinking, hello, that 17% of people that aren't selling should be looking for another agent at this point in time. Yeah. They should not be sitting saying, but it's St Andrews that will sell. It's it, No, that, mm. that's completely delusional. But that, to me, is understanding the market. Yeah, and, and I think monitoring that all the time. What I was going to say was that there was a client I was out to recently and, and obviously discussing about the market and obviously talking about just obviously what you've been covering there in terms of area and how the performance in each area and things. And, and the response was that obviously I was, you're, you're very positive about the market and just now and I've spoke to other people and they're not. And, and, and he was really and obviously what their view on the market was. And unfortunately, it's just wasn't accurate to me. But Do you know why that is? Because they go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's my opinion of the market based on I'm just gauging the wind. That's ultimately it. They've looked at no statistics at all of it. Because if that's the case and you're asking about for anybody that's watching, the next time you ask your, an agent, you know, what's the position of the market? And if they're downplaying the market or they're upplaying the market, ask them how they came to that opinion. Mm -hmm. Where is the fact that back up what they said? Because I'll tell you, a lot of them just open their mouth and let their belly rumble. Yeah, that's the sad reality. And because people see them in a position as an estate agent because they've got it on their business card, they, they believe them. They believe them. Yeah, yeah. It's like, my God. That's right. <laughs> I, I always talk about it with wealthy people as well. It's like you've got a brand new Ferrari sitting on the drive, and everybody goes, "I'm going to listen to you. What are you doing?" It's like, well, how much do you actually? How much are you actually worth? What is your wealth really? Or is it the fact that you hired that Ferrari on credit and tech? And you're yeah. living at a different level and you're still broke. That's the reality. And it's yeah. the same sort of thing when it comes to an estate agent. If you ask somebody's opinion, make sure they've got the facts to back it up. Yeah. That's what market monitoring is all about. That's why yeah. we do it. And that's why we spend a lot of time doing it in the background. I mean, both scenarios are quite are, are, are require constant study of the market. And then from demand to the sentiment uh, and, and then also sales and the communication is essential to agree the best course of action to keep you assured and your interests are being looked after. That's ultimately it. That's the only reason we do it. Well, I do it just because I'm geeky, that's all. <laughs> that's, uh, I just like doing these type of things. I've even got the I've even got the thing to do projects right next to me here for tomorrow's night uh, for tomorrow's market roundup. <laughs> and I still look at these numbers every single day. Did you know in the last twelve months at the market in Zupla uh, it went up four point three percent and the demand for homes is up twelve percent year on year? Um, but we'll talk about that tomorrow night at my my I'll plug for my update my weekly update at seven o'clock. Um, so join me there and I'll give you a weekly update on the market. <laughs> um, so if you're if you're switching agents, this this is be honest. I mean, you know, equally as well, it doesn't always go right for us in the beginning. You know, some customers just don't want to listen. Don't know why. It's like they're delusional, maybe. Um, but they don't want to listen to what we've got to say sometimes. So you can't help them. You can't help someone that doesn't want to listen and doesn't want to take your advice. Some people just think they know everything better than everyone else when other people are the experts in their field. That's really what it comes down to. 
But on the majority of occasions, we're always we're always right because we understand the market completely and what we're doing. So if you're switching agents, you have the opportunity for a whole new strategy and to completely revitalize your move. Um, there is indicators when you switch to a different agent as well. Um, right move and Zoopla, Prime Location, Google, and all the rest of it treat it as a completely different new property. They don't yeah. actually have the historical information they've held with everybody else before actually gets put aside. If you wait for a certain amount of time or you know what to do in order to put this property on the right way to get rid of that, that history, there's all key indicators to do that. That's, again, something else that you have to look in the background, the market monitoring. Um, so sometimes an upward tweak of just £5 will make a difference. It's amazing how many people are still in this concept of £995. Yeah. The 99 pence, Willie's mentality. Yeah. A one pound or a 99 pence, well, 99 pence. That does not apply to a state agency anymore. We have something called the internet. Hello, it appeared all these years ago. Um, and people shop in bandings, 10,000 bandings. So in order to appear first on a mobile phone at the top of a search list, you have to be on the 10,000 banding. Because yeah, that's where people search up to, and that's where people search from. They don't have a choice to go to 999 pence. Mm. They don't have a choice to go to there. No. So you appear here first. If you do a 10,000 banding, you appear both sides of the, the audience as well. So you have two audiences you appeal to, and not just the one, because you've only gone and below the 10,000 banding. So you don't appear in the one above. So that's another way of market monitoring and making sure your home price will fall in the right bands to get the right result in terms of what you're doing. So any final thoughts on that, guys, before we move on to our next subject? Yeah, I think the, the banding thing's quite a, quite a good point. I think if for whatever reason, at some point during a sale, if you're having to amend the price to fit, obviously, with the, the current market, then trying to explain that um, to the client, obviously, Sometimes it doesn't always get through to them, and, and, and obviously you need to kind of explain it properly like you just did there, Jim. That was quite a good example. It's where it will land and the price, its price point will position it on the market so that it can be obviously picked up by obviously two different audiences. You, yeah. get, your price, you get your price wrong and you've lost half your market straight away. Yeah. Well, that's right. Some people don't want, some vendors don't want to listen because as far as they're concerned, their property is worth this much and they're, yeah. they, they're not listening to us. They, you know they so that they're not going to get other audiences as well but they don't understand that it's a matter it's, it's a mindset yeah you know? i qualify that statement though when i say you get your price wrong you've lost half your market what yeah. i mean is you get your price wrong for the internet for the how yeah. the internet understands it not yeah. for not for the not for what you think it is because a lot of people i've got a lot of agents out there and i know and i know them because i know the personal experience the the, the home reports maybe a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand mm -hmm. and then they'll say oh put it on at 190. You know, it's like okay, but that's not the type of that's not the type of strategy I'm talking about about pricing. Mm -hmm. There's other strategies that will tick all the boxes of social media. It'll tick all the boxes of right move, prime location, Zoopla, Google. They'll they'll love us for it. They push us out on organic reach as a result of it because yeah. we know how to tickle the engine. If that makes sense, <laughs> if that's a word to use. Yeah. <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> So let's talk about hand holding. So have you ever noticed how you were never far from a sensationalist story about the future of the property market? This is what we talked about, eh? Uh, where there's a, whether it's a pandemic, a change in interest rates, or a rise and fall in the number of sales, rarely does a week go by without a commentary or dramatic predictions. So the one thing that, that does is the hand holding process, doesn't it? I mean, the news is one thing, but scaremongering can severely impact a buyer's confidence and lead to someone withdrawing from a purchase. We had no withdrawals in the, when the pandemic came in the first time round. 
we had loads of people looking to withdraw, but we kept a hold of all these people because we knew exactly what to say because we were completely prepared for the process. We knew it by what, what everybody else was saying. So we were able to circumvent that and combat that before, before it even actually happened. So it's understanding that and the hand-holding process. Regardless of the financial consequences, forcing chains to collapse and, mul and leaving multiple moves and shreds. So again, that's another thing we do. We make sure chains, um, especially from the English market, because obviously that's where it's renowned for chains falling through, we might make sure that process is, for, is, is kept together. If we can't keep it together, we also line up another buyer just yeah. in case in the background. You know, a lot of people say, oh, take my full set. I, I spoke about it yesterday. The person, uh, one person in one of the, one of the places in Newborough, for example, their house is sold, so they took the sold sign down. And I went, whoa, no, 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 no. Do not take the sold sign down because we still get inquiries from people saying that if that falls through, I like yeah. that house. I've seen the video tour. I really want to, I really want a chance of getting it. So you keep the board up until it's over the line. Remember, there is no profit until the money is in the bank. Yeah, I mean we've got so, so many really control saying from our financial days. Yeah. <laughs> such a lot of properties that we've got sold on the market. We've got file notes if their sale falls through, refer back to and you've got yeah. people in the rings who are prepared to to pick it up if the sale doesn't go ahead. So yeah. and they all come from the advertising after yeah. the sale as well that's right we get them all the time yeah. you know they understand it's not available anymore but if anything happens please call me you know that, that what do we do when a buyer has negative thoughts about things what Anne-Marie what do you do when a buyer has negative thoughts how do you turn that around well I just try to sort of point out the positive it depends what it is if it's a negative thought about maybe um um the size of a property for example that's when I start talking about knocking walls down or extending um, if it's negative about maybe um, the, 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 maybe the, the way the, the house is facing, if it's not a south-facing garden, for example, you know, I will I will turn, you know, I will try to turn that around. I know you can't do much about that, but there's I would just point out all the good things to outweigh that, you know, if with with the property, you know, the the, the lifestyle, what's nearby, you know, the, the the school's only around the corner. It's bringing people back to their original thoughts because we've yeah. asked the questions in the first place when the buyer has inquired about what it is they really want from a property, yeah. and actually then using that to reflect back to them to say this property has all these aspects that you asked for in the beginning, yeah. and then they go, I I, I never I, I forgot. I just got so fixated and focused on this one single thing or yeah. this news bulletin about the market's going to crash. We had that. I have I had people loads of times, you know, saying the market's going to crash, market's going to crash, so I'm not going to buy it now. I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait. Guess what? We're going to another mini boom. Yeah, well, I mean, too late. Too the person that was waiting for the market to crash, it ain't going to crash. Yeah, we've went from Brexit to COVID and yeah, the, yeah and it constantly people on the phone, what am I going to do about Brexit, how's it going to affect my sale? Can I put it on the market now? And then we went right into COVID and it just all started again. And it's all speculation and and uh, hearsay. It's, it's these constant things that run through people's minds about what's going to happen. It's what could happen, what maybe happen, what will happen. It's like, guys, there's only one event that can happen and that's what actually is going to unfold in front of you in your future. So stop thinking about what might happen, what maybe happen, and actually just understand and go with the flow and let it take where you want. If you want to buy the house and it suits your need for the next 15, 20 years, it makes no difference if the market crashes next year. Because in 15, 20 years, the price has recovered to where it was before. 
exactly. is completely irrelevant and immaterial. But the problem is the social network around about them exacerbates that situation and puts yeah. them in almost an incubator where it goes bigger and bigger and bigger in their mind to a point where they get so frustrated that they go, I, I don't know what to do now. Almost analysis paralysis for some yeah. And it's understanding those needs. What, I mean, when a buyer gets so much negativity, it's understandable for them to have second thoughts. But that doesn't mean that every doom-laden story in the media needs to be followed or, or treated as gospel. The media is out to sell papers or get you to watch the media. They'll do everything in their power to get you because negative news sells. Yeah. So they're always going to say things like that. They're always going to say things that will get you to click on their story so their adverts are seen. They'll get, you know, all the, to, to engage with their audience. You don't see, I mean, as often I get up in the morning, I put the news on, I just switch off straight away because I think, what about all the people that are relevant in this world? Why are we talking about somebody's marriage? <laughs> <laughs> Is that you back on Kimmy? <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't, but that's the sort of things you get on the news. It's like, why are we talking about that? Is there yeah. no more important things to talk about in the national national news yeah. than somebody's marriage? They're just like everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> my, yeah. my friend Jim, my friend Jim Stevenson used to say, hey, they're just like everybody else. They go to the toilet like everybody else. That's <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so buyers who withdraw can come to regret their decision soon afterwards, only to discover their dream home was snapped up by someone else. We've heard it this week, you know, with investors as well. It's like they're no in there quick enough. And yeah. we've had to go back to them and say, look, for God's sake, slap, slap, slap. You need to be in there straight away. You need to be in yeah. there on social media before it even gets the right move. Yeah. So as soon as you see the pre-launch or as soon as we tell you it's coming to market, you need to come and view now in order to make a decision if you want this property. Yeah. We're selling properties before they get to market, people. If you want them, you need to register with us. You need to keep in touch. You need to follow our Facebook pages or you'll miss out completely. This is the new way. This is how it's going to evolve. This is how things are happening. This is what's happened exactly. It's accelerated the process for the home shopping as well. So this is, social media is accelerating the process as well for home buying. Yeah. People are now looking at the agents on social media and they're jumping in straight away at the beginning when the pre-portal launch is done. Anyway, so it's up to the stage to help them remember all the good things about what they wanted. When Even when positivity reigns, the days before exchanging contracts are, are the reality when, when a commitment bites. Uh, when it's time to put your money down and sign on the dotted line, people can take a deep breath and ask, is this the home they really want? So it's up to an estate agent to maintain that momentum and enthusiasm throughout the sales process, staying in touch and noticing signs of doubt and, and, and taking them through that doubt. Many sales are saved with a simple and respectful, open conversation. I always liken it to like Phil Spencer, you know, when he sits down with people on location, 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 and has that open conversation with them. This is our approach. This is what we do, and we do it very, very well. And, and you know, that's what you do as well, Anne-Marie, isn't it? Yes, that's right. You know, if anyone feels, if I feel like someone might be having doubts or second thoughts, you know, it's, it's all about that open conversation. What is it that they wanted in the first place when it first started? Look where they are now. They're nearly over the line, you know. Do they really want to start all over again, you know, with 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 another property? This, you know, it's just a mindset, and it's. Yeah. I can understand and appreciate people getting nervous. It is a you know a big asset. It's a lot of money involved, but 
you know, it's just a matter of having that open conversation with them. And it's a classic. Do you really want to start all over again, only exactly. to get to the same point? Yeah, yeah. That, that's because that's what you're doing. You yeah. just go get to the same point, and you're going to come up. You're going to come up against the same hurdle that we've just discussed. The now that yeah. you're no one, you're you're being you've had reservations about this one. It's exactly the same thing. I mean, you have that as well, Richard, don't you? Yeah, and I think, like you say, obviously, mindset's a big part of it. And I think to sit down and have a very frank and transparent conversation with somebody is a lot of people don't want to do it. Um, but when you do have that conversation with a client, they appreciate it more because then it makes them realise. Um, where they need to be, where they need to be, and what they need to do to get there, um, and that's that's um, that's the key. And it takes us nicely to the problem-solving um, position. And you know, while it's a conversion job to carry out the legal work, you know, it's often a state agent with a local knowledge who provides the solutions to the problems. That's uh, <laughs> that resonates a lot with me. <laughs> it's like it's, it's when they go to the convincing process, everybody thinks our job's finished. It's nothing like that at all, is it? You know, what's your experience of that, Anne-Marie? Um, no, our job definitely isn't finished because they still they still contact us when they have any, like, concerns. Or, and sometimes I think, okay, um, that Rick should be the solicitor, but they feel more comfortable with us. We're able to advise them better sometimes, not, not because we're doing a better job than a solicitor. It's a completely different job, but we're the ones that are holding their hands, if you like, taking them through the whole process from when they make an inquiry to when they sign and complete. We're there for the whole duration. We, we you know, that we, we take them through all of that. Until so that sale progression. Until they and, sign. Yeah, help them problem solve until we, we get to the point of conclusion of missives with the solicitors. Um, yes. Sometimes, I mean, we've had people come back to us and say, oh, I've never heard from a solicitor since. And it's like, right, well, and then, and then you have to guide them through and then obviously connect up the dots between them and their conveyancing side. Yeah. make sure that things go ahead as they, they should. You often That's get solicitors. My solicitors no returning my calls. Yeah. My solicitor doesn't feel they can get an answer from the, 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 the buyer solicitor. Yeah. You know, you often get that as well. And it's yeah. like, okay, leave it to me. Leave it to me. Look, I understand the solicitor has a busy job. They've, they've got to get lots of transactions yeah. over the line. It's not just the normal days. They're in boom times. They've got huge amounts of back work properly. Yeah. So I'll give them a quick call. I'll make sure the buyer is in a position the buyer understands because often the buyer doesn't realise because the buyer solicitor hasn't told them. Yeah. You know, there's, there's, there's something they need to get over the line. They're yeah. not aware of what they need to do next because some solicitors are still on the quill and ink. You know, they, they have to send out letters for everything. And it's like, for God's sake, don't don't send a letter because email is a really good port of call now. It's the, it's, it's the communication format as well. Now, I know they think it's a legally binding thing and if anything's happened, but email is still legally binding as well. Yeah. So just say, for me, just send me emails about what's going on. I mean, I've got three houses to get over the line for me for buying, for buy to let, because I'm an investor. And, and you know, my, my conveyancer now has understood that they need to send me emails. Sending it in the mail is not an option for me because it could take three or four days for me to make a decision. That's and if right. we're trying to get the entry date I'm trying to get, I need that quicker in order to do that. And I've made them understand that. So they've actually sent me the email, but they still feel comfortable backing up with a letter. That's well, fine if they want to back up with a letter, but I think, yeah, email is definitely the... But it's the, problem, it's the problem-solving process. And then it's also once you've spoken to the buyer, it's then, will you speak to your solicitor and get your solicitor to speak to the, our solicitor in order to get there the answer because you still have to keep the solicitors in the loop 
Yeah. Because if the solicitors are not kept in the loop, something fundamental that you discussed between the seller and the buyer is, is missing from that loop. So you have to make sure that you then convey what you we've discussed back to the seller solicitor to say, look, we've spoken to the buyer direct this time. This is what they've said. So you should get the call from their solicitor or you can call their solicitor and follow that. So again, it's making sure that's all joined up in that process yeah. in order to make that happen. Because I tell you what, the worst thing is that the most, the, the most, it's, it's like an unforgivable sin for a solicitor. For, for an estate agent to cut them out of the equation yeah. and actually not not tell them that they've been communicating with the buyer when or the seller and when they're now involved in the transaction. And that and for me as well, uh, you know, you know, you guys, I actually put a, 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 I say this all the time religiously to you guys, that this has to be the case. You have to keep the solicitor informed all the yeah. time of what's going on because one key component could be missed in that whole transaction, which means the whole sale could fall through on yeah. a fallout, on a on a just a simple fallout. So yeah. that's why it's important to keep that process in place and make yeah. sure the problem solving goes on in the background. Yeah. I mean, there's no, I mean, when you think about the logic, there's no requirement for conveyors conveyancers to be in the neighbourhood. And if you're selling one area and buying another, your conveyancer is will be a stranger to at least one of the locations. Remember, and um, yeah. so when disparities or irregularities arise. It's the agent's local expertise that can go a very long way in that process. That's us. That's exactly what we do. So funny old-fashioned clauses might have been solved on other nearby sales or boundary lines with shared rights before. I've, I've got that on my own. You know, we had a strip of land when we bought our house, just a wee tiny strip, a slither. It went up when, you know, when it was done. And, and on the land registry, it showed a certain meterage. Uh, but on ours, we were just that wee bit bigger. So we had to go to the original person that they bought the house from or the land from and get them to sign it over to say that they were okay and they wouldn't take recourse against that. And then we had to buy uh, an indemnity policy to make sure that if anything happened, we would be indemnified and we'd have an insurance policy and write that to fight it legally. And, and that's that expertise that I now carry with myself that I can advise other people of the yeah. same process. This is yeah. a combination of everything and the experience that we've learned over all the years of what we do. 30 years in the property industry, and I've probably bought about 100 houses myself over that time, gives me a huge experience and backlog of it no one else can have, combined with, when you think about it, my experience as a financial director and a financial controller in an industry, helping run several companies, goes a long way to making sure that I understand a person's needs more than just a simple estate agent can. Yeah. That mixture of personal and professional experience is invaluable, really. Yeah, it is. It is. Often, you have to... often the people that make it are in this agency, or the top of stages, are actually pro professionals in a previous life and something else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, there's no requirement. I mean, funny old-fashioned clauses, as I said, can be a fundamental difference. The state agents are the, also the ones who challenge the valuations of mortgage lenders. That's another thing as well. You know, we've had a few just now and again where a mortgage lender will come back and say, well, we thought it was a bit less. And it's like, no, it's not less because that's this is like this is like the thing about cutting people off before you get to that journey. So classic example, when a surveyor is sent round to one of our properties to, to survey it on behalf of the bank, we're prepared already with all the comparables for the surveyor before they actually go round to the property. That's and right. say, this is why this is why it's still worth this amount of money. 
Yeah. Or or we're so so they then don't don't have that awkwardness of actually because they don't know the area. Remember, some surveyors come from Edinburgh, some surveyors on the banks come from Stirling because they're yeah. big surveyors and they come and look at the properties. They don't know the local area, they don't understand the prices. So if we can present the prices to them for behalf of the bank, then the job's done. So yeah. that's probably one of the other experiences. It it, it goes towards yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, you guys as well. What's your what's your thoughts on this problem problem solving? Yeah, I think problem solving is such a big part, and, it, and I mean, there's all different aspects that, like, as you say about, obviously, um, the mortgage of its evaluations, there's one recently, I mean, without, obviously, divulging too much information, where uh, I've got an investor or, a, or a, a gentleman who's buying it from a family member because the property has sat and wouldn't sell for a while, so he's going to buy it and do it as a buy-to-let or whatever, but it's been valued less than what it was on the market, so obviously, I've them to course to challenge that um of course because I, I don't agree so yeah it's just things like that that uh, for day to day there's an array of things problem solving that like you say you deal with through either personal experience or professional experience and uh, without that it's quite hard to um advise people and i think to implement your own experiences like you express there jim with your own property um is just uh, the best way to kind of um, advise somebody for personal experience that's the best way to learn as well Absolutely. Anne-Marie, yourself, problem solving. Have you seen a lot of this and having to do it? Oh, Anne-Marie's got a connection. Can I tell me? Sorry, you just froze there. I just saw a blank screen. Sorry, <laughs> could you just repeat that? Everyone disappeared. So problem solving. We're talking about problem solving and we're talking right. about, I mean, what's you been your personal experience of problem solving? Have you got any examples that you would have? Um, well, yeah, I mean, um, Problem solving. I mean, if, if it's a personal experience, I mean, I've I've had um, personal experience with um, like buying and selling myself. Um, so that's you know those are some things that I can bring with me to to do this job. Um, you know, um, I've 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 had um, someone. You know, I've had a chain fall down on me. Um, the um, you often the, come to me as well though and say, you know, well we've got this person and that person. This is a situation. Then I say that's what to do. So, I mean, um, even, even even if you don't have the experience and you know, it's about knowing the experience about the person to go to with the experience. Yeah, yeah. It's a classic yeah. example about the architects as well. It's like, I'm no architect, but I know exactly who to go to. Yeah, um, right. I mean, we've got, we've got a shed, um, basically a big shed, which could possibly be converted into a house, which is sitting on the on the beach, basically, and in and, and the East Nuke. And, uh, and I've got an architect working on it now to see if you can get all over the line as a holiday home or as an actual house. And that land will go from being worth twenty thousand to probably one hundred and fifty thousand. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've always got people that we can go to if we can't solve it ourselves. So yeah, yeah. When it comes to problem solving. Yeah, I mean, we could be here forever talking about this, but the reality is that's the hour up, guys. Um, um, already. <laughs> subject. There's a lot to speak about. Maybe I just talk too much. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a lot to talk about. There's, yeah, we could go on for. We could sit here I mean, all there's night. Fantastic, there's fantastic comments. I mean, Phil's made a lot of good comments there. I mean, phone is yeah. good for communication. Often, texts texts are not a great thing. Email sometimes can be misinterpreted. So you've got to yeah. use the right communication form of communication in the right circumstances. That's really what it comes down to. I mean, hopefully, um, that's given you a good insight. Anybody into a good good insight in terms of what goes on the day to day behind the scenes. But more importantly, you know, it's 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 the whole picture. So if anybody wants any more information, please feel free to contact us on these channels, uh, message us or, or, you know, get in touch with us via email, via me messenger, via text, um, whatever it is. Um, and that's it. And until next week, guys, bye-bye um, for now.
Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.